Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hey guys, Willie Geist here with another episode of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. My thanks as always for clicking and listening along. Got a great one for you today with no understatement here, a Hollywood icon. His name is Kevin Bacon. I will not insult you or bore you with a long wind-up or introduction. You know the man. What I can tell you that you may not know is that he grew up in Philadelphia, the son of a legendary architect and urban planner. His dad basically helped to shape and build modern Philadelphia. So he was kind of a celebrity around the city when Kevin and his siblings were growing up. Kevin saw that people knew his name, people liked his dad's work, gave him pats on the back and thought, hmm... That's something I'd like to have when I grow up. So he became an actor, moved to New York City when he was 17 to become a stage actor, but within about a year got an audition for a movie called Animal House. He won the part. The rest is history. The movie becomes an American classic. He then was in the original Friday the 13th movie. I don't know if you remember that. And then... He was in Barry Levinson's Diner. He got a lot of acclaim for his performance in that movie, all of it leading to a movie called Footloose in 1984. Of course, that is the movie that made Kevin Bacon a household name and a star around the world. His latest project is streaming on Peacock. It's a movie called They Slash Them. Has him back at camp, just like he was some 40 years ago with Friday the 13th, this time as a counselor, a very creepy counselor at a very creepy camp. This is a horror movie. Um, The premise of it is, is that it's a conversion camp for LGBTQ kids to make them straight. And he is the counselor of that camp. It's a horror movie. It's beyond creepy. That's an understatement. Uh, The kids in it, the young actors are really, really good. It's a horror movie, but it's got a great message of empowerment for all these young people who are at the camp. So check that out. Uh, What I can tell you as we get to the conversation here is Kevin and I are at a little bar restaurant called Bodega 88 on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, where Kevin has lived since he moved to New York when he was 17 years old. Never moved to LA, never went to Hollywood. Uh, He loves being in New York. He says it's an easier place to raise a family. He's married to the actress Kira Sedgwick, as you probably know. They raised a couple of kids in New York away from the spotlight of Hollywood. And this is just one of his favorite little bars. Cool place. It's on Columbus and 88th if you're ever in the neighborhood. So right now on the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast... Me and Kevin Bacon hanging at one of his spots on the Upper West Side. Thanks for doing this, Kevin. Good to see you. Nice to see you, man. Nice to be around the neighborhood with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good spot. Um, I hope you won't take this the wrong way, but I just finished watching the movie, and it's a little hard for me to be this close to you right now, (laughs) having seen what I just saw. (laughs) Well, then I had the desired effect. You did your job, my friend. Um, tell, Tell me about this movie when it came across your desk, They Slash Them. Yeah. Um, and what you saw in it that you thought would be cool or exciting or a fun character to play. Yeah, um, John Logan, who I've known for many, many years, and is a very, very uh, excellent, successful writer of uh, films and television as well as theater, um, said, 
I, I've got something for you. And it's not too often that someone uh, uh, says that they wrote a part with me in mind. And I don't really know how to take that when yeah. you see this, this role. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, John had created this uh, screenplay that was very much following the uh, format of an a 70s or 80s slasher movie. It takes place in a summer camp. Uh, there's, you know, axes and knives and a lot of blood. And I was in the original Friday the 13th. I know. So I know, you know, I know this world to a certain extent. Um, I also am a very big fan of horror. But he had followed that format and brought in this very, very interesting idea of it taking place in a gay conversion camp. And John, uh, looking at the fact that this was even a possibility in our country that someone would think that you could try to change the way someone is with, uh, you know, some kind of uh, uh, therapy or, or uh, mind bending, you know, kind of stuff uh, was he looked at that as a as a as a horror and it is a horror. And so I, the uh, a lot of the characters are. LGBTQIA plus characters, the, the campers, for lack of a better uh, word. And um, this character that I have, you know, when I play a bad guy, which I had played many, you know, you, you want to stay away to the extent that you can uh, from the mustache twirling sort of, you know, cookie cutter evil right. character. You don't want to be cliche. No, I yeah. tried not to be, yeah. you know, in the way that it's approached. And, and you know, what John had written was a guy who um, is genuinely laying out these sort of logical points of view about how we are meant to essentially fit into some gender normative categories. And and um, that if if these campers are willing to, he can make their lives better. And we talked a lot about him saying this with as much sincerity <laughs> as he possibly could muster. And, and that became uh, kind of the basis of, of the character. And that's why it works, because you are you start the movie as sort of this appealing, welcoming guy who runs a summer camp. And then, of course, things take a quick turn. How do, you, how do you, you said you've played bad guys before, but as an excellent actor... How do you get into that place of something that's so contradictory? I assumed everything you believe in the way you think. Like, what's that? What's that headspace like for you to play someone like this? Well, you know, when I became an actor, uh, the, the the whole idea for me was to try to walk in somebody else's shoes. I've never had any kind of um, interest in playing someone like me. I frankly don't think that someone like me is all that interesting to, as a as a character. Mm -hmm. um, you know whether good or bad is uh, is not to me so much the issue as it is are they fascinating, complicated, and and uh, uh, interesting men whose shoes I haven't walked in before. And when it comes to people who are uh, do terrible, terrible things to other people. I think a lot of times you see this all the time in the in the news and and in the in the way that uh, people frame things. The first word out of someone's mouth is oh, that guy's a monster. Mm -hmm. He's an absolute monster. That was a you know a, a 
he, that was a monstru- monstrous kind of action. To me, the frightening thing is not to uh, make him a monster, but make him a human being, mm. um, re- regardless of, of anybody that I've played who does terrible things. I want people to feel like that's an actual human being, because that's the truth about our so-called monsters. If they were actually monsters, then we would send somebody out with like a ray gun or something, you know, right. to shoot them, and then it would be fine. We, you know, we got rid of the monster. Um, so it's it's all about uh, uh, just humanizing. Uh, someone to the extent that I possibly can and to me that ends up being scarier than you know without question without question it's interesting that I don't want to give away too much of the movie but sort of the the lesson or the plot or the theme of the movie is summarized nicely at the end by one of the main characters about people just being who they are and not being able to be changed Mm -hmm. what did you see at the center of this because we were talking a minute ago this isn't just like an 80s slasher movie and everybody dies and that's it there is something at the heart of this movie i think that's it i think it's it's that you we have to let people be who they are and this idea that uh based on whatever it is that you're basing something on your your religion generally or your the politics or, or your life experience that you can take somebody uh, who is essentially one thing and uh, uh, convert them to be something completely different is ridiculous. It's, 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 it's inhumane. It's, I don't think it has any place in, in society and uh, not in an intelligent and loving society. So I think that part of what John wanted to do with this film, which uh, is interesting, is you could make a very uh, you can make a documentary about about gay conversion, um, which uh, Blumhouse actually has. Right. Yeah, you could uh, make a dark little indie about you know one person's experience. But uh, what I responded to was that he was taking a genre and a, a kind of style of filmmaking that has the potential of drawing people in just because it's entertaining, you know, that it's, it, it is a very entertaining movie, it you is. know, it's like a, it's, it's got moments of like kind of rah-rah, it's got heroic moments, it's got blood, it's got scares, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's a pop kind of movie. And then uh, you kind of add this piece of it that, will uh, hopefully make people think and question what I'm doing in that camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not giving away too much. All I'll say is I'll never look at a rhinoceros the same. <laughs> Let's just leave that right there. Let's leave that right there. <laughs> um, it's so interesting the way you talk about you have you worked with Steve before. And you guys, you know, he did Gladiator, for people who don't know, and The Aviator and all these other things. Um, and it was his first time directing. Is that, as you go through, because you do pick such interesting things, like here comes a, a horror movie that has this message at the center of it. Is it at this point for you, like the people you get to work with, the people you trust? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I still go off to work with people that I've never met before. You know, you kind of have to. I mean, I, 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 th- I think it really, it starts with, with, with the guy that I'm going to play, yeah. it, you know, if I if I look at that guy and I say, is it different than the than the last person that I played? Yes, uh, or maybe it's different than anybody that I've ever played. 
do I have a little bit of a, a hook? Do I have an idea? Do I have an in in terms of um, this this man? Or um, am I really going to have to dig deep to figure it out? If I have a hook, it makes it a little bit easier. I go like, okay, yeah, I got, I got him. I got him. I hear him. I get it. I mean, that was kind of the case in this movie. Yeah. You know, right away, I saw him not as a drill sergeant, not as a, uh, a you know, a kind of, uh, you know, uh, right wing kind of uh, image I saw him as a hippie a gentle guy yeah. a deadhead you know um, this is to me that's a more interesting way in and then after I look at the character then I'll go well who who else is involved you know or is it a, a director who either I like and know or is it someone whose work I've liked or someone whose work I'd learned to like. And, you know, then it just kind of goes from there. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. Stick around to hear more from Kevin Bacon right after the break. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome back. Now, more of my conversation with Kevin Bacon. There are a lot of young actors in this movie, some really good ones, too, right? So on a set like that, you know, you're just a small group of you. You're at a camp somewhere near Atlanta. (laughs) That's right. Are you sort of, do they come to you? I'm always curious about that. Someone who's so respected, are you sort of the the wise man on set? Uh, Yeah, you know, that's funny because now... I, I don't. I don't even think about myself in this way. But now I, I look around and I stop and I go, "Wait a second, I'm not. A, I'm the oldest person. Not even in the cast. Like I'm the oldest person of the director, the crew, like everybody. And and uh, that is a weird position that it's in because I just don't wake up and think of myself in that kind of way. I also don't really think of myself as if I enter into a company of players. I don't. I'm not. I'm not there to teach them how to act. You yeah. know, I'm there to be part of um, the ensemble uh, to, you know, do my work and, you know, learn my stuff and come in and, and do my, my do my best. That being said, I think in this case, because they were fantastic, one and all, um, some of them had more experience than others and yeah. no one had as much experience as myself. And so, John, you know, he said to me, I, I, I need you to um, I need you to lead the charge in terms of uh, what this set becomes. Um, it's very important to me that and especially in something like this, that a set is a uh, positive working environment, a safe working environment. Like I'm too old to deal with any, you know, I just I, I, I just don't want to anymore. You yeah. know. So if, to the extent that I can influence that, I do. In fact, 
uh, he very specifically made the first speech that I say to the campers, the first scene that we shot. And it's kind of a long sort of, you know, uh, diatribe it about is. what's going to go on. Yeah, it's quite the, a monologue. It's a monologue, yeah. yeah. And they basically have to just stand there during my monologue, take after take, <laughs> and, uh, and, and watch me. And I think that he did that because mm. he wanted to show that, you know, I knew my lines, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. This is how a pro does it, right? Right. That's interesting that John sort of put you front and center and wanted you to do that. I, I mean, if I were a 20-year-old actor and Kevin Bacon were on the set, I think I'd take as much out of that as I could. And your, your rule about not putting up with anything anymore. I was interviewing Michael Douglas recently. He goes, my only requirement is no yeah, <laughs> he's like that's right. it at this point. Yeah, I want a good experience. Yeah, well, I might also add that you know when you have um, twenty uh, younger people, there's a lot I can learn from them too. Sure, about their experience, about uh, you know their lives. Um, the, you know, all of the casting was done with um, a, a very close eye to the fact that these actors have a related experience in, in their lives to the characters that they play. So, you know, I got a lot to learn from them, too. Yeah, no, they're, they're great. Were you cognizant of the full-circle nature of this movie? You mentioned Friday the 13th, 1980, 2022, here's this movie. Oh. Did you think about that at all? Like, oh, this is kind of where I started way back when, and guess, now here I am again at camp. <laughs> I'm, back, I'm back at camp. Woohoo! Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really. I think that um, you know maybe maybe John did. You know yeah. maybe maybe in putting me in the film there was you know some kind of you know wink to that. I I know that uh, the kids. I call them kids. They're not kids. They're adults. But I know that they all got together and watched it. Watched Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, did they? Yeah, for like the night before they were going to start shooting or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and you know I think that he the hope. Uh, for him, and I think for all of us, is that for uh, a young person who is in some way uh, feels other, feels disenfranchised, feels like an outsider, can look at the movie and say, okay, I can root for these guys, mm-hmm. and that's me. Um, that's my hope. I was amazed this was John's first movie. He did such a great job. Yeah. As a director, I mean, oh, yeah. he's written, people watching don't know, The Gladiator and The Aviator. I mean, it's this incredible list, but first time directing. Yeah, well, and Petty Dreadful, you know, he was on the set a lot for, yeah. for that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thinking about your Friday the 13th days, uh-huh. a little before then, when you were growing up in Philly, I was reading a bunch of interviews where you were basically saying, like, you love the idea of performing, mm-hmm. you love being on stage. And the idea purely at that point anyway was, I want to be famous. Was that because your dad was sort of this legendary architect and city planner and his name was in the paper and people knew that he was sort of this revolutionary figure in, in urban planning? Was that part of it that drove you to acting, do you think? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, if I really broke it down in its simplest terms, my mother um, was the one that sort of... Uh, encourage the artistic, creative side of all of us, all six of us. Um, she, you know, her one of the first uh, presents that I ever got from, from from her was a box full of costumes. Mm. 
um, not costumes, just junk, our old clothes and, you know, pieces of fabric and, you know, um, you know, rope and belts and just crap that she threw in there that you could make into a, into a costume. Um, so right away, you know, I was performing, you know, taking on, a, you know, other characters. But my father, uh, yes, I wanted to be more famous than my father. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And he, he was someone that, that really, uh, you know, kind of embraced whatever was known about him. Now, now granted, it, uh, it, you know, Philadelphia is a, is a, a very big, very small town. Yeah. So he was very, very well known in Philadelphia, which which meant that if we would walk around, people would be like, "Hey, Ed, Ed, you know what? What you know what? What's next for the whatever you know right. the city?" Um, and there, there's a lot of stuff that was written about him, and he would always you know bring home articles, and you know was 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 really really you know into it, and uh, I think that you know he looked at success in some ways as. Uh, having success on a, on a, you know, on a very public, a very public mm. way. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted that. So it was a, almost a competitive thing. Oh with yeah. Dad? No, I definitely think so. I yeah. definitely think, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's an unusual yeah. uh, thing for a, you know, man with his father, you know, I, I, I wanted to I definitely want to be more famous than him. Was that the, um, Drive that sent you to New York City when you were 17 years old. That's a pretty what's the word gutsy? Let's use the word gutsy. That's a gutsy right. thing to do for a teenager. Yeah, to the Upper West Side. Yeah, uh, yeah, not too far from here. Um, I uh, what was the plan? I mean, I know you went to Circle in the Square. You get off the bus at yeah Port Authority uh, and say, "I'm here." Yep, suitcase and a dream, 100. percent um, Slept on my sister's couch. She was already up here. My my eldest sister. Uh, it's 18 years older than me. Um, I had auditioned to get into the summer uh, workshop at Circle in the Square, but decided to stay. You know, I knew that I didn't want to go to college. Um, mm-hmm. I was already, like, deep into doing whatever I could in Philly to be an actor. I just, you know, I, I, I knew. But the truth is, is that even though I was holding on to that dream of... Uh, success and and uh you know you know sitting here with you and you know being in in that kind of a situation name and lights all that kind of stuff at that point in my life i had become to began to really focus on the craft as much as the career as much as the uh you know the the fame and and recognition It, it it in a weird kind of way it it stayed in the back of my mind but it had um, become less important than trying to be good, to mm. try to be, you know, whatever, a serious actor for whatever that means. Stick around for more of my conversation with Kevin Bacon right after a quick break. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. 
Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome back now to the rest of my conversation with Kevin Bacon. Well, that's what's so interesting about it. You quickly get Animal House, then Friday the 13th, then Diner, and then, of course, Footloose. And you kind of get swept along into this Hollywood stardom that you hadn't quite prepared for, right? You wanted to be a stage actor. I mean, nothing prepares you for Footloose. But but you're not turning down those jobs, and you're rising so quickly. What was it like for you to sort of, as I say, be swept along and not overnight, but pretty quickly become a big star? Yeah, uh, it was... um, well, I can tell you that it didn't feel quick. Uh, you know, Footloose came out, I was about 24, uh, you know, and, you know, when I got here, I was 17. So that seemed like a pretty long, yeah. to me, it seemed like a long road. And all those steps, while they were, ended up being iconic, things like Animal House and Friday the 13th and Diner, none of them felt like uh, like I had my life had changed. It wasn't until Footloose that I really felt like my life had changed. Um, yeah, it was terrifying. I, I, I think I was conflicted about it. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it. Uh, talking also, my daughter's an actress, so I get a chance to kind of, you know, to think about it through, through her point of view. Uh, you know, I, I think that the thing, it was never the work. Like, the work was, I was always good with. It was all the other stuff that was um, I was resistant to, you know, that felt weird to me, you know, press, um, uh, photo sessions, uh, signing autographs, premieres. It, 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 of course, I loved it on one level because it was an acknowledgement that whatever I was doing was getting seen, but I had a real kind of like uh, sort of very conflicted feelings about it. Uh, you know, never moved to L.A., for instance, you know. Um, it just felt like, ah, just Hollywood. I just don't, I'm not quite the hot. Like, I, I just don't really feel like Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I've adjusted that, that, that way of thinking <laughs> right. through the years. And I really understand the, our business. And I understand the importance of, of, you know, like what we're doing and, and uh, all the rest of it. But uh, uh, at, when I was young... I had a hard time with it. You're not alone, by the way. They're very, very well-known actors like yourself. Like, why do I have to do this interview? Because we have sure. to tell people that the movie's coming out. Yes. Know, yes. Like that. Yeah. Are you shocked by the endurance of Footloose? The fact that <laughs> my wife is showing it to my daughter and she loves it. And it's uh-huh. going to carry on to another generation. I saw you and Kira on Instagram doing the <laughs> Footloose challenge. Like, it's still right here uh-huh. in front of us almost, what, 40 years later. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, listen... I, I love it. I think it's. I think it's great. It's like all those things that you think, oh my gosh, it, uh, is it ever going to go away? You know, things like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, at, at a certain point, you have to embrace the beast. You've come around on that one. I have. Yeah, yeah. I've come around on it, and I've come around on Footloose too. I mean, I, I, I've, I think that um, it was a great uh, gift, you know, uh, to be part of that movie and. Um, I certainly took it very seriously when I was when I was doing it, and uh, I love that people will still come up and say that they just showed it to their kids. Actually, one thing that really uh, sort of reignited the whole response to it, I think, was the fact that they did the Broadway show, 
and then after the Broadway show uh, leaves its run, it then becomes available to be done in every single high school right. in America. And there's right. not that many plays, certainly musics, musicals, where you can uh, have a musical with a bunch of high school kids in it. Right. And so, I mean, everybody does Footloose, and everybody gets in touch with me to say, you know, little Jimmy's doing Footloose. <laughs> or, you know, just a kid the other day came up to me and said, you know, um, he said, uh, I, I got to tell you something. He was probably in his about 23, something like that. He says, uh, I was in... Uh, uh, I was in Footloose, and I thought, oh, that's great. You know, I f- figured he played my part or, or Chris Penn's or whatever. Just, I was Reverend Shaw. Oh. Yeah, and I said, well, yeah, I could see you as Reverend <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, people, it's, it holds up. Not everything holds up, but it definitely does. Do you feel, Kevin, like that pushing Hollywood away that you just described, did that ever hurt you? It doesn't look like it from the outside. I mean, you go on another run with A Few Good Men and Apollo 13 and Into Mystic River and all those other roles. Did you feel like staying in New York and being true to yourself hurt your career in any way? I think that I'm very happy with my career. I, I wouldn't change a, a single piece of it because I, you know, that's like that hindsight 2020 thing. I do think that um, after Footloose, there was a Quite a few years before um, JFK, Apollo 13, River Wild, you know, yeah. where where uh, I made some kind of bad choices um, that were not, uh, I wasn't, I somehow wasn't really embracing, um, I, I was neither embracing the movie star thing, nor was I really finding uh, what I'm good at, which is being a character actor. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I was in a in a uh, sort of strange, and I think there was an element of self sabotage that was going on at that point. Um, just personally, you mean? Yeah, just yeah. personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know, I just personally wasn't very happy, and, mm. and 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 it just was you know it was a, it was, but you know. In, in the greater scheme of a career, I look at that as like a blip on the radar. It's probably right. like you know five years or right. whatever, something. But but uh, but it also taught me, and I and I figured out uh, another way in. How I, I think part of this is probably meeting and marrying Kira somewhere in there. But how have you kept giving your level of fame some normalcy in your life? I just told you my mom and all everybody else sees you in the park. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? It's not paparazzi all the time. I know it happens sometimes, but you guys seem to, you're both famous, mm-hmm. but you seem to just kind of live your life around New York City. Have you pulled that off? I don't know. I just, uh, it's just a choice. I mean, I, I, I just, uh, I, I just don't see any other kind of option. I mean, I, it, it, is it, is it a weird life? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely things that are weird about it. But um, uh, I, th- I feel like, you know, it's very easy if you achieve a, uh, a certain level of stardom to, to live in a world that really, uh, uh, you're not really in touch with reality. Yeah. I mean, you can really get out of touch with with, with reality, it's almost like, I don't know, I'm, I've never been a royal, but I would think it's almost like being a royal, you know, in a, in a funny kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you only put yourself, you know, in a giant, uh, you know, SUV or, or behind a, a, a big, you know, uh, electrified wall, you know, I don't feel like I'm going to get a chance to 
be in touch with the people that I'm going to be asked to play. Right. You know, it's like I've played I've played movie stars. I've played myself as kind of like a joke and I kind of like that. But that's not normally the role that I'm going to get. You know, I'm going to get a, I don't know, whatever, regular person, you Mm -hmm. know. So, so I feel like in order to still be able to do that, I need to just not live, not try to breathe too much rarefied air. Do you think part of that is living in New York too? Because Definitely. If you're in LA, you wake up behind your gate, you get in your darkened car, you go to where you're going. Here, yeah. you're contacting people all day. Listen, New York to me, people would have a hard time believing this. To me, New York is the most celebrity-friendly place you can be, except for Midtown. <laughs> I mean, if you, but because wherever, wherever there are, are, and and believe me, I love New York tourism. Don't get me wrong. Bring on the tourists. We need more, please. We've got plenty to do here and see. And there's really, really fun stuff. Um, But when you're in a tourist situation, that's a lot different than being in a neighborhood. It's just different. New Yorkers, people think this, this reputation that New Yorkers are, you know, somehow, I don't know, rude or something like that. To me, it's that they're busy. Yeah. You know, they got to do. You know what I mean? And they want and they want to do it now and they want to get it done yesterday. And 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 that's just that's just the way it is. And and so that the time that is wasted uh, by, you know, stopping and you know, asking for a picture and da da da. It's yeah. it's more like, hey Kev, yeah. how you doing? Yes. Your last movie, not too not too good. <laughs> but, you know, keep up the good work, all right? You know, it's like that's that's mostly what you know. That's mostly what you get. That's what I always describe on the subway. Somebody, you know, they get their buds in and they'll mm-hmm. look at you, and it's just a head nod, like I see a big shot. I'm going somewhere <laughs> important too. Okay, exactly. relax a little bit. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, so you mentioned six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. There's like this cult of personality around you that's mm-hmm. out of your control completely. <laughs> it's out of my control. Yeah. They're like restaurants with your name on it that aren't yeah, even yeah. yours all right. over the world. Right. What do you make of that fascination with you and your career? There's like, there's something about you that people just can't get enough of. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Because man. you didn't love Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon when it started. Well, no, I didn't love it because, maybe because I had an instinct that that's what it was, more of a cult of personality than an actual acknowledgement of any, any of the work right, that I've done. Right, it's, it was, it, You know, it's, it's funny because it's like, on one hand, I... I, I do, I'm totally fine with it now, you know. Uh, but it was also, I felt like it was a joke at my expense, basically, that, that they were saying, can you believe that this lightweight could be, you know, connected to someone like, you know, Meryl Streep or uh, Lauren. Actually, I did a movie with Meryl Streep, yeah. so I was definitely connected. But, but I mean, Lawrence Olivier or any of the great, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, whatever, the great, the great actors, because yeah. he's, you know, just Kevin Bacon. Right? Oh, see, I never took it that way. Uh, that's so interesting. Right. Well, that's just, you know, that's the actor's insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The, 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 I always thought it was look at the breadth of his career. Uh-huh. Look at all the work he's done. Look at all the people he's been in movies with. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but... You know, I think that it's it's out of my control, as you said. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't not have it, and uh, all I can do is just you know try to do my best when I when I when they say action. What does Kira think about that kind of stuff? Should she laugh at you? Uh, she doesn't. I, I, you know, listen. This is what happens every every night around five o'clock. We play a couple rounds of the game. I, I make her play it. Yeah. <laughs> And if the kids are over, they've got to play too. 
guests. You know, if anyone comes over like to the house for the weekend, we're going to play at least three or four hours of the game. So they just know that that's the deal. Listen, you know. Boy, you really have embraced it. <laughs> Forcing. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Honey, we're going to play that game again. It's time. Six degrees of me. <laughs> It's hilarious. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Got to ask you about City on a Hill. Uh-huh. Boy, what a great show. Thank you. Season three coming up here yep. in just a couple of weeks. How yep. much fun is that character to play? Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. That's one of those guys where, again, as I was saying, you know, I, I read him and right away, like, I saw him. I saw the way he looked. I saw the way he dressed. I saw, like, the, 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 the movement. Heard his voice. It was almost as though... He just kind of like came, you know what I mean? It's just, and when you do something for three seasons, it becomes really interesting because you get to a point, and this is something that uh, once in a while I've experienced in films, but you have to have a, uh, a role in the film that's there a lot to, to get to this point. And it's almost hard to describe, but it's, it's like, you know, the guys so well or you know how he feels inside your body so well that you could throw him into any situation yeah and I, you know you I could just be him so this the sliding in and out on the set gets to a point where it's 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 almost like the time between uh before and after action are almost the same thing. It's not like I walk around as Jackie all the time, but I don't, it's not like I have to, you know, prep myself into right. the thing. I put, I sit down in the chair, uh, you know, they do, they do the thing, the hair, and, and uh, I put on those suits and those shoes, and, like, I can just, I can just feel him. And I love the character. He's so great. Mustache, too, is yeah. on point. Yeah. For somebody who grew up in Hollywood where TV was not something you did, and you're, mm-hmm. again, not alone in that, you've clearly embraced it now. And I oh, imagine yeah. part of that is you, the story doesn't end after you're done That's with right. the movie, right? Yeah. Maybe there's a season four and a five, and you get to keep changing and developing and growing the character. Totally, yeah. It's, it's really tough to explore multiple aspects of uh, one person's existence in a two-hour movie you know that it's there's there's a, a lot of things that you that you can't get to because it's just so much you know if i take a character like jackie it's like well here he is but now let's see what would happen to him uh if you know he gets sick let's see what would happen to him if if um you know, his daughter was having problems. Let's see what would happen to him if if uh, he had to confront this pet. Like all things, he might not. You can only maybe pick one or two of those in, in the course of a film. So, it's it's really great. And I I learned it a lot from Kira because when she got on the closer, I had never done television. You know, I had a very very strict rule about not doing it because that was the that's how I was sort of brought up you know as an actor was that I was a theater and movie actor but definitely not a television actor there were a couple of different uh, series that you know when I was younger I was offered to go to California and, and, and make a series I was like what are you crazy I'm not you know my joke was that if, if my you know agent had suggested doing a series I would have fired my agent 
and I saw Kira's experience of, you know, continuing to over seven years uh, uh, find new things and new new stuff to say about this this woman and and have her be in in new situations all the time, and she loved it, you know, and, and it was that along with the fact that, you know, you're looking at, you know, the wire. Six Feet Under and Sopranos, and you're going, oh, shit, I don't want to do that. That's like, that's yeah. good stuff, you know? Yeah. It was the writers, really. It's the writers that, that, that brought the actors, in a, in a way. And there was an era where for someone like you, it would have been slumming it to go, t- go sure. do TV and say, uh-oh, he's doing TV now. What yeah. happened to the career? Yeah, but it was the end. That's gone, yeah. obviously. No, it was the end. No, now it's the beginning. So if I ask you which project someone out on the street in New York yells at you the most about in your incredible career which mm-hmm. one is it is it footloose or is uh, there a surprise in there uh yeah i think probably footloose although <laughs> when i go out to the heartland it's tremors oh right <laughs> yeah so it depends a little bit on the demo that was a hit yeah 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 well tremors was interesting because it was not a hit at the box office, but this was, uh, there were these old things uh, called videotapes. Well, there was, um, <laughs> oh, I'm a, old enough. Uh, uh, there I was a, uh, the store called Blockbuster where you went and you got these <laughs> giant pieces of plastic that went into it. And uh, sometimes they didn't have it. Somebody else took it out. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. else took it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, 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 when it was released on, on, on video, it became a, a real monster video title. And and continued to be, and then they made a bunch of sequels. Uh, so, for um, a lot of people, you know, that aren't coastal elites, it was a very, uh, very, very popular movie. I also love that you say every once in a while somebody puts a picture in front of you of you dying in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. So sign that for me. Yeah, not not every once in a while. Pretty much, if I if there's uh, well, first off. The, the whole idea of, of autographs is was pretty much gone, yeah. except for people who actually collect them, and I don't know what they're going to do. And I think that what they do is they wait for you to die. I think they're hoping that you're going to die. I think you want, I think the close, the older I get, the more people want autographs. That's what I noticed. But, uh, they, they, but yeah, this one picture is me like this, and my my neck, my throat is cut. There's blood just, you know. Yeah. pouring out of my mouth and everything and it's i'm dead so it's like it's just a weird thing <laughs> to sign <laughs> best wishes you know yeah it's weird being famous huh <laughs> you know but it's mostly good yeah it really is this has been so much fun thanks so much kevin congrats on the movie that's great you so much it's great Appreciate thank it. you thanks my big thanks again to kevin for a great conversation and to the good people at Bodega 88 for hosting us in New York City. You can catch the movie They Slash Them streaming on Peacock starting August 5th. My thanks to all of you for listening again this week. If you want more of my conversations with our guests every week, be sure to click follow so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to tune in to Sunday Today every weekend on NBC. I'm Willie Geist. We'll see you right back here next week on the Sunday Sit Down Podcast. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs. 
containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.